Philippians chapter number one. Let me get this back in order here. That'll help me just a little bit. Philippians chapter number one, if you'll turn. Chapter number one. Look at verse 20. The title of my message tonight is Between the Two. You know, we as believers are technically really between two worlds. We're living in this one and we're longing for the next one, which is heaven. Amen. And heaven is real, but the earth is real and our lives are real and we are really still here no matter how long, how much we long to be gone. But there's hope within that that we need to understand that there's a balance there and there's some scripture that reveals us to some things here as well about that to stay here is really for God's plan. It's for Christ. It is his glory. It is uh, his honor. It is his will as we are living here. And for us to die is to gain. But that doesn't mean we long to die. It shouldn't mean that we want to end our life. We should want to stay here as long as God gives us breath, gives us life. Because this is really the only time we have to really give God glory. We can praise him and honor him in heaven. We can give him glory while the ages roll. But we have an opportunity now to do something tangible in our life, with our life, for the glory of God. But there is a challenge. As Paul was persecuted and went through a lot of things, he felt like he, and he uses the word betwixt. We don't use the word betwixt like that, but it, it's, it's where we get our connection to the word between. Verse 20, Paul says this, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with it all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I, I what not. He means what I choose, I don't have a choice. I what not is a phrase. I don't, I, I, it's in the Lord's hands. But he does say this, and this is where I think a lot of us are living. For I am in a strait betwixt two. He's in a tight place, a pressurized place, a, a difficult situation of being between the two worlds, between the two. And he says, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for, my, for me by my coming to you again. So we have two things revealed to here that Christ, God gets glory by, by us still living here until he takes us out of here. He's in control of our life. And that it's also, our lives have a purpose as Paul's did, that it is needful for us in other people's lives. If you are not giving glory to the Lord in your life right now, and you're not needful for somebody else's life, tell me why we're even here. I can understand why there would be no purpose. But the devil wants you to believe that you don't have a purpose. And the devil wants you to think that it's not worth staying here. And it's not worth struggling or going through the things. But Paul shared his heart here that he was between 
kind of between a rock and a hard place. But it's, it's, listen, it's not really like that. We're, we're between the rock here and we're on the earth and we're in this part of the world where there's a lot of suffering and problems. But heaven is our home. We have hope awaiting for us. But the Lord's allowed us to stay here. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We have that scripture, that truth, that principle that gives us hope that when we are absent from this body, when I die and take my last breath, I will immediately be present with the Lord. But that doesn't mean I should long to take my own life or long for myself to just you know, quit living or I'm just gonna sit down and suck my thumb until, it, until the bus comes by, amen? We need to live for him now. He said, preacher, I'm getting old, I'm not able to do. You're able to pray. Prayer moves the machinery of heaven. It, and prayer is the thing that we need most. While people are dying and going to hell, while the devil, hey, he could just snatch me out of here by the rapture or take me out by, I could get run over by a herd of elephants. It could happen anyway, but I still have a desire to depart, but I should understand I need to desire to also stay here in my place, my position, until he calls me home. The burden of these places pull. Both places have burdens. There's no burdens in heaven, but it pulls my heart. I want to see my mom and my dad. I want to see my Savior. I want to see those that have gone on before me. I want to leave this wicked world behind. There's a burden that pulls. Because there's not a whole lot. I was talking to Brother Carl this morning, and we were talking to somebody. I can't remember the other person we were talking to. And it's Sister Judy. It was Sister Judy. And, uh, you know, she... She longs to go home to heaven now more than she ever had to see her husband. She wants to be with Mike. That's something that not very, as a few of y'all understand, like uh, that others may not understand. And but the Lord, that burden between these two places of being on this earth where hope is always there, but then it's deferred. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Hope's always taken off the table. You can dream and have your dreams shattered. You can have disappointments over and over again. And there's so much suffering and there's tears. You come into this world crying. And a lot of times we leave crying. There's a lot of suffering in this old world. But yet God said, I want you to abide in here. I want, this is, Paul even reveals it. For me to live is Christ. It's for his glory and his honor that I could endure these hardships and his grace could come in through my life. And the desire to depart is nothing wrong with it. There's nothing sinful about it. But we're supposed to realize that we're here we need to occupy while we're here and fulfill the, the work of the Lord while we're here. But then have heaven on our mind. I heard somebody say, well, you can be too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. That's a bunch of poop. If you have your mindset on the things that are above, listen, it'll give you strength and power and anointing and it'll give you the power you need to live in this world and not drive your tent stakes too awful deep. Because this world is not our home. We are just passing through. But I have a goal. I have a, a listen, to me, heaven's the finish line. I mean, really, that's it. I hope I can just stretch through there and fall on heaven's shores and say, glory to God in the highest, amen. I hope I can praise him when I cross the finish line, as they say. I'm in that straight, that burden, that desire to depart. Be with Jesus. Be with Christ. And listen, we all have hope we'll see our loved ones again, so there's even much more to the package of that. Paul says that's far better for us individually, for us 
singularly. But he says in this passage of scripture, verse 21, for me to live, to live here, to still be living on this earth is Christ. It's Christ's glory. It's Christ's honor. He died for us. And he could have said, I want to, you can get saved the day you get saved. I'm snatching you out and you just go straight to heaven. But he leaves you and I here for a purpose. And the storms and trials that you and I go through, even though it'd be far better for us to say, let's just get out of here. He said, I want to leave that thorn of the flesh in you, Paul. I'm going to allow you to suffer, Paul, because my grace is going to be sufficient and the world's going to see that sufficient grace. And there's no way they can see that sufficient grace as a lost bystander unless they see that power of Christ abiding upon you and I through the storms and trials of our life. We need to realize if we are in Christ that one day we'll be taken to heaven. But right now it's about staying here for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about the Lord giving us strength. In verse 24, he said, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Some of you, if you, if you were to leave out of here, contrary to what the devil's told you, you will be missed. You're going to be missed. And it's sad. We're sad creatures, Brother Donnie. We got to lose it before we appreciate it. We have to lose a certain person before we really think about how very much they mean to us. And, and I want you to understand that, that that's just the devil trying to interrupt the signal for us, amen? He is, he's trying to get us, to, get us distracted. But listen, I, I wanna use some of this to, to come connect between these both worlds and remind you, while you're rubbing your gout, Chad, <laughs> boy, I feel that, man, I know exactly what that's like. I can... Suffer with him in his, his, his suffering, boy. Anybody in here ever had gout? You're in a special, look at this. Jerry threw his hand up. We're ready to join the club. We know the suffering. If you've never been there, please don't criticize because you don't want to get it, amen? And I'm sure there are other pains that I wouldn't want to have either. But boy, that suffering, and when, we, when we rub them old bodies and try to subdue some of that pain, we're reminded about some things in our, in, the body, in our scriptures about our bodies. And I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 with me. 1 Corinthians 15. Just give me a second. My, all my stuff fell on the floor. I must have just dropped my brain down there too. I'm trying to get cranked up here. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 51. Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. You like mysteries? We shall not all sleep. Not everybody is going to die. But we shall all be changed. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. All going to be changed one day. You say, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'd just rather not have to worry about all that. Well, God's got it in the process. Even if you were to die, you're gonna, your, your body's going to be in the grave and it's going to be resurrected. What the scripture talks about, a corruption and incorruption. Look at these scriptures. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, he's speaking about this corruptible body shall put on incorruption. What a blessing that's going to be. Right now there's corruption. Listen, even the best of you, the, some of you that are in great, the greatest health of your life, your body is corruptible. It is susceptible to disease and things even at the peak of your health. And, our, and listen, you can have an aneurysm and it could just take you out just like that and be no signs of anything. This body is weak and corruptible. 
But the Bible promises us here there's going to be a day that we'll trade all that corruption for incorruption. I've never had an incorruptible body. I long for it and look forward to it. But I'll tell you this, if I didn't live down on this world, on this earth, Brother Jerry, and have some pains once in a while, I probably wouldn't desire the incorruptible body as much. If I didn't go through so many battles and problems in this world and so much suffering, I might not long to depart. I might want to stay here. Stay around here, what, what's going on and not, not how. You know, we're preaching in the book of Ezra. There were some of those that were taken in captivity, into Babylonian captivity and taken to Babylon. And then the Persian Empire takes over and then they go back to Jerusalem to start building the temple. Did you know some of those Jews did not desire to go back to Jerusalem? They wanted to stay in Babylon. They didn't want to go back. Well, if the devil could rock you to sleep in this old world and bless you all the time somehow with some kind of physical, everything going right all the time and you got all the riches you want and you got everything you ever desire, everything you ever lusted after in your life, you would never long to leave this world. You'd want to stay here as long as you could. Now, I know it's hard to say goodbye sometimes, but when you realize this, I'm just saying goodbye for just a short while. Don't you weep for me. I'm about to cross on over there and trade this old corruptible body for an incorruptible body, amen. Some of these older saints in our church here, uh, I hope we can keep them as long as we can, but I know they're reaching for the other shore. They, they're long and they got way more up in heaven. There's much more that, that's been laid up there for them than they have been laying down here. So many gone on before them. Some have lost husbands and wives and lost children. And there's just so much more, as the song said, to go to heaven for than there was yesterday. And the journey does get sweeter, not because the sweetness in this earth. This earth is full of corruption. Our bodies are corruptible. The sweetness is heaven's shore. The sounds of glory on the other side. But that which we're, we're wanting to depart to go to, we would never desire it if we didn't go through the trials and troubles and tribulations of this earth. That one song, I can't remember the name of it, but through it all, I think it's the name of the song. He said, we would never know, if we never had a problem, we wouldn't know God could solve them. There's a lot of truth to that. Paul cries out, verse 54, he says, so when this corruptible shall have put on corruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the, de the saying that is written, death which is always swallowed up life, it will be swallowed up itself, praise the Lord, in victory. And Paul cries out, oh death, where is thy sting? Where's the sting of death gonna be then? Where is it going to be when you are ready, truly ready, and God is ready to take you home? You won't worry about staying in this old earth anymore. And you don't threaten you and I with heaven, amen? Threaten us with going to heaven one day after we've lived a fulfilled life. We've lived a faithful life for the Lord. This thing of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law that is broken by that sin. That scripture says the strength of sin is the law. In verse 57, he says, but thanks be to God which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the context of that? We're gonna get victory when we get to heaven or do we get victory now? We got victory now. And I can I'm fighting from faith to victory. I'm not waiting to win the battle or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm marching home to Zion. I'm marching home. The soldiers are going home. They're getting, the bride is being called in. But until then, I keep marching on and marching on. Philippians 
4, excuse me, Philippians 3.20, as we continue to think about this thought of our incorruptible bodies, our immortal life, there's corruption that we would never even understand. There's the thought of mortality we'd never understand. If there was never any death, we would never appreciate immortality. I'm gonna tell you this, I'm tired of bearing critters. Let alone my family. I'm tired of bearing dogs and such. I mean, we've had to say goodbye to some hamsters that were pretty cool, actually, over the time. And I'm tired of that corruption and knowing that that life, I'm reminded over and over again, I'm mortal, I'm mortal, I'm mortal. I get it. I'm going to die one day. I get it. I never would appreciate immortality. To know one day I'm going to take my last breath here and my first eternal breath on heaven's shore and I'll never have to exhale the glory of heaven ever again. I will live for eternity. I'd never appreciate eternity if I didn't understand what was going on down here and the limitations of our life and seeing things that we love hold in our hands, hold the hands of our loved one and there's death and knowing every day I'm a ticking time bomb myself. My, I thought about this the other day, not trying to get depressed or anything. I'm gonna be 55 soon, double nickels. Man, you know how, I know some of y'all don't understand this, some of y'all are gonna laugh at me. You know how close that is to 70? My soul. Somebody's getting old. I'm not ready to get old. And then I look around some of you in your 80s and 90s and you, you're working and climbing all over the place and playing the piano and serving the Lord and going to the, you're going to the nursing home serving people 20 years younger than you. That's what I want to live like. To me to live is Christ, to live like that. Just to abide with what you have come into your life and just keep on trying to serve him and live for him. Being reminded there's corruption around us, but there's incorruption awaiting us. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God who gives us of the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 says this, for our conversation is in heaven. Our conversation, our manner of life is in heaven, wrapped around heaven. It says from whence we look for the Savior. How long has it been since you looked for the Savior? Probably not on the day you got a raise at work. Probably not on the day where you had the best day ever, felt so good, just the flesh, everything was going well. No family problems, no financial problems, no physical problems. You probably didn't go, Lord, I'm ready to go. You probably wouldn't think like that, would you? He said, Lord, I think I might want to stay around here a little while. But when all those things flip upside down and you're reminded, man, it's far better if I got out of here. I lost my job. The doc says my, I got to lose weight or my doc says I got diabetic problems or my doctor says I got cancer and this love when I got to go to the funeral home and you get to thinking about that, you got to get your mind on heaven again, don't you? And your conversation and your actions, your manner of life, the words that you say are more heavenly minded, aren't they? Not so much worried about who's going to win the Super Bowl. Right? When you got your mind on heaven, you don't think about that. Like, Listen, I like football and stuff like that, but you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta admit, we don't think about immortality. We think about mortal things. We don't think about heavenly things. We think about material things a lot. Paul had a lot of things after being in jail and being beaten and almost died several times. He got his mind on heavenly things. He was betwixt between, the scripture said he, he was between those things. Between heaven and earth, it's a battle. Paul goes on to say in Philippians 3.20, our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. Thank the Lord. 
that that vile body may be fashioned like his glorious body. And you know how long to look forward to walking through walls and things. I'm just going to spook all of you guys in heaven. I know you can't really be spooked in heaven. But don't be surprised if I just walk through a wall because that's going to be my, my, my niche. It's going to be my thing in heaven. Others may want to fly like Superman. I just say, I'm just going to go walk, walk through a wall. Where's the gates of pearl? In and out. I don't know what I'll be doing. Amen. I just don't, some reason I enjoy that superpower Christ had in his glorified body just to appear out of nowhere and scare the living daylights out of people. That's probably more fleshly than it would be when I get to heaven. The Lord may have to tamper that down just a little bit. He's going to change my vile body. I'm going to be fashioned like his glorious body. And the Bible says, according to working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, one day he has the ability and one day it will be enacted. It will be real. He will subdue all things unto himself. Even death will be subdued unto him. This world focuses on death so much, but there's going to be so much of life that we're going to enjoy eternal life in the heavens. Our body is fashioned now after corruption. We have in us the blood of our fathers. We have a DNA of us, of a corruptible body that's breaking down. Even the most good looking in here of you and you taking the good looking traits from your mom and dad. And some of you might have taken all the good looking traits from your mom and dad. I'm just kidding, that was mean. That was, that was kind of mean. Even amongst that, you still have the fashion and the disposition and even in science today, they're still asking questions. Anybody in your family have cancer? Trying to find out how it's inherited. Was it passed along from gene to gene, from person to person? Always looking. Listen, you have inherited corruption from the previous generation. We, it goes all the way, traces all the way back to Adam and that corruption. But that incorruption that second Adam, hallelujah, amen. The second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are saved by him and we are in Christ Jesus. We have a hope of a day of an incorruptible body, a body that will be whole and healthy, not even to comprehend in comparison to what health and wholeness is to us right now. To some of you, health and wholeness, whole, wholeness now, not holiness, but wholeness, being whole in your body, is you just having no pain one day. You'd probably think, man, I'm healed. I feel good. I was talking to Sister Tammy this morning. I asked her how she was. She began to tell me about her blood test coming back. No, nothing was in there, nothing negative. She was about to shout and have a fit up there, man. I rejoiced with her. What a blessing that is. But that's not wholeness when it comes to the perspective of what heavenly wholeness, what heavenly, uh, our heavenly bodies will be like. It'll be a glorified body. It'll, there'll be no nature of sin in it. There'll be no disposition for that body to ever sin. And listen, it won't be still in the context of this physical realm. It'll be a spiritual body fashioned like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hard to comprehend that, but, but there'll be no weaknesses in that body. That's the body I'm talking about and just walk through a door, amen? That's what I'm talking about. That incorruptible body. Paul said in that passage of scripture, he said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. There's two places that I want to be and supposed to be. And I got to find that balance almost every day of my life to find the motivation and the strength Go ahead and trigger them lights. There's a switch relay thing that's messed up. If you ever in here again, all you gotta do is cut it off and back on and it usually makes it happy. 
incorruptible light switches. You know, the Bible says Jesus will be the light of heaven up there. There won't ever be any flickering up there. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture says and reminds us that Paul was betwixt the two. He, he, he knew he needed a desire to live here for Christ's glory and to help others and people could hear the gospel and can be saved and he could encourage them and inspire them and, and be bearing their burdens and fellowship with them. But then he was pulled many times for that desire to depart. The next, listen, I'll, 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 I'll say this. It wouldn't surprise me if Brother Bobby, when his sister died, he got to thinking about heaven. Amen? Got to think about going home. Got thinking about being together in heaven together with no more suffering and no more pain, no more tears, no more funerals. Amen? It's, it's easy for our mind to be pulled there. And then we got to say, wait a minute, I'm still here. Still got my wife here, my husband here. I've got my children here. I got grandchildren here. It's more needful for them while God has left me here. I need to realize my importance is for me to live because that's for Christ. De death is my gain. So I shouldn't be pursuing that. I should be pursuing the gain of Christ's glory. But the finish line is my gain. When, when I leave this world behind, whether I go by death as somebody say by way of the clouds or the, or the clods, or way by grave or glory, I'm, I'm going to cross that finish line and I'm going to have an incorruptible body fashioned like the one that's his glorious body. And when he subdues all things unto himself, all that glory will be revealed and released in heaven. Boy, what a day that will be. You don't even get close to touching the surface of what that's going to be like. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, I'd like for you to turn to this one because this has got an interesting phrase to it. 1 Corinthians 13. See, our identity is in Christ as believers. And then as we walk towards heaven, we're journeying towards home. We begin to tune in more and more to our identity being found in heavenly things, having more value of that. But all along the way, there's opposition for that, to hide that from us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says this, for now we see through a glass darkly. It's like there's things that are hindered. It's, it's obscured. It's not very clear. And I can't see everything going on on the other side. I can't necessarily comprehend everything spiritual that's going on uh, concerning the things of God in my life. Many times I forget that the Lord left me here to serve him. He's got a purpose greater than myself. And I need to live for him and serve him. I need to be a light and a witness. My life counts for God if I will let it count for God. But many times it's not that clear. It gets obscured. He said, we see through a glass darkly. There are some days it's hard to even see myself in heaven. It's hard to comprehend me actually being there one day and enjoying what's going on. Some days it just gets so dark down here you get really discouraged and really get depressed and, and you, you really don't think about anybody but yourself, let alone serving somebody else or living your life to serve Christ. And that partial knowledge, he says here, 
but then face to face. There's gonna be a day face to face with the Savior, amen. Face to face in heaven. Now I know in part. He says right now in the present time, I know in part, I know in pieces. This life is a puzzle on this side. It is hard to see what God is doing sometimes. You feel like, Lord, what are you doing? How could this bring you glory? It feels like nothing but pain and hardships and suffering. I can't see the pieces coming together. That's because our knowledge is limited. We only know in pieces. We only know in part. But then he reminds us, hang in there, child of God, but then, but then. I like those Holy Ghost conjunctions, amen? But then. Where is then? Tomorrow might be, might be tomorrow. But it's heaven is the location. It's in the presence of the Lord when you're absent from that body. But then shall I know even also as I am known, as God knows you, as your identity is in Christ and you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One day that's what Paul is looking for and longing for. Then one day I shall be known even as I am known. When I get to heaven, It'll absolutely be, my pastor used, used to use this phrase on how he said, I will have no more hangups. Anybody know what, that might be a 60s phrase, but whatever it is, I'm still getting it now, amen. Hangups and getting caught up and getting all kinds of problems and, and, and derailed and just, just so many things, obstacles, just flat tires, anything you want to call it, amen. There's a lot of hangups and problems but one day I'm gonna be known as I am known in my identity in heavenly position, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have a glorified body. Listen, when you, when you cross heaven's shore, you're not gonna come in there like this. Yeah. Need to just go ahead and cut that thing down. I don't like that feedback. It's driving me nuts. OCD kicking in. Too close. He's gonna come across heaven. Oh, there comes Brother Brian. He's limping and he's got that corrupted, ungodly PA set there on his back. He's squeaking and hollering. That's my bones probably squeaking. You're not going to be on heaven's shore already in heaven, being the waiting party, waiting for that, uh, that grand entrance into heaven. And say, Here comes Brother Bobby on the walker. Brother Bobby, you ain't coming to heaven in your walker. You ain't going to see Tonda limping in there and say, I remember Sister Tonda had that prosthesis and all the things she suffered through with cancer. And here comes Preacher Brian. His hair, he ain't got no red hair anymore. And he's wearing glasses. Thank God I'll leave all that corruption behind. It'll all be left behind. Doesn't mean I can skip over what's going on because God's got a plan for me to stay here. But I need to understand that I can be heavenly minded and still be earthly good. In fact, if I'm not, this world will never say, why do you talk about heaven so much? Why do you act like you're really going to go? I act like you're excited about going. Most people are afraid of dying, but not a true born-again believer that's got the station on the right dial. I'm not worried about dying. Well, there's some days I get more in the flesh and I'm a little worried about it. But what is something about the peace of God that passes away sometimes across our hearts and just said, listen, if this is the way God wants me to go, I am ready to go. And Paul was facing death in prison. And most people believe Paul was gonna have his head cut off, probably with a sword or a guillotine of some kind, have his head cut off. And he said, I'm ready to depart. I'm ready to leave here. 
Never would have been ready to leave this world if he hadn't have been shipwrecked, beaten with rods over three times, 40 stripes, 39 saved one. He would have never understood all the shipwreck and all the problems and suffering. He never would have longed for heaven's shore. We need to understand how important it is for this balance in our life. Nothing wrong with thinking, oh, it's gonna be far better over there. We've got to realize for me to live means Christ still wants me to live. He's still got a purpose for my life down here. Even if there's some pain and suffering along the way. And sadly to say, the longer we live, there's going to be some suffering and pain come along this life. Going to be a lot of losses. Seemingly sometimes way more losses down here than gains. But you've got to get your mind on heaven and understand then. We're looking through a glass darkly. It's obscured. I really can't see it. But one day face to face, and I'm knowing in part, knowing in pieces of the puzzle now, but one day it'll all be put together and I'll be known as he knows me. My story, the finishing of my faith will be complete and it'll all be revealed one day. I think when we first get to heaven, I surely don't think it's going to be a quiet thing. Come in there and say, shh, be quiet. You're in heaven now. Don't believe that. Don't disturb the people floating around on clouds. Son, if I get to ride a cloud, it won't be no slow floating at all. I will ride as fast as that thing will go. If that's a thing, I'm going to ride it. I go to the amusement park, I ride every roller coaster they have. I still love them. If I go to heaven and they're riding clouds, I'm in. I'm getting in that line. I promise you. I don't think heaven's going to be boring and all about the reverential things. We don't disturb that. It's a place that's going to be glory. People shouting and praising the Lord. The Bible already revealed to us when John revealed in the book of Revelation there was these seraphims flying around the throne. There were wings flying and one set of wings was covering their feet and another set of wings was covering their eyes and they were crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which is to come. John said this, he got in on it a little bit. First John 3, 2, he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. We are right now the sons of God. And it doth not yet. Remember, Paul used that phrase, then. John says, not yet. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Biblical doctrine of theology for most independent Baptists is this. We believe if we are alive and remaining on this earth, we will receive a translation, an incorruptible, glorified moment, instantaneous moment, like a twinkling of an eye, which is faster than a blink. Twinkling is supposed to be faster than that. I'll be changed from corruption to incorruption as I see him as he is. I'll be called up in the clouds to meet the Lord, get my glorified body somewhere in that time frame, and I believe the loved ones in Christ, they'll be risen, arisen from the grave. They'll get their glorified body already with the Lord in the air. We're gonna meet them in the clouds one day. Can you imagine what glory that will be? Sister Fanny Crosby said when she left down here, she's going to look back on the earth. She's going to farewell, farewell while passing through the air. She's going to say farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Going to shout when she leaves this old world. It's not yet, but it will appear one day. And when, we, when he appears, I'm going to be like him in all the holiness and glory. No hangups, no sin, no shortcomings. For we shall see him as he is. 
we're going to be like him one day. The Bible says in Genesis 25, 8, Abraham gave up the ghost and he died in a good old age. I might not get to die in a good old age. Some of you are already at the good old age and you know you are. The Lord's blessed you. You're about three score and 10 years, about 70 years. You were not promised past that. There's going to be a lot of strength and grace needed to live past that. Some of you are in your 80s and headed into your 90s. Abraham, he died in a good old age. The Bible said as an old man. Don't take it up with me. The Bible said this about Abraham. And he was full of years. And he was gathered to his people. Listen, he went to paradise. When Jesus died and was buried and resurrected, he went to the heart of the earth and he set captivity captive. He brought them out of paradise and took them with him to heaven. And Listen, when we are going to be gathered with our people, it's going to be better than what Abraham enjoyed and embraced in his day. I believe there's going to be millions of people in the air, in the clouds, in the sky. But if you have lived a good old age, or you say, preacher, I'm young, I'm not old, I haven't lived full of years, I'm not ready to leave out of here. Well, until you really are ready to go to heaven, but also ready to live here in the will of God, you're still controlling your own life. You're still living in the flesh more than you are in the spiritual realm. It's a delicate balance. It really is in our lives. But you think about if you were living in a tent and you drove those tent stakes down like you're going to be here for, for years and years and years. And somebody said, oh, you won't, don't drive those tent stakes too deep, Sister Maury. You're not going to be here that long. Don't get them too deep. Got to be ready to go in a moment's notice. There's so many scriptures in the New Testament talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their identity found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 22, Jesus said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How could he be a God of all three of those? How could Jesus? Because he was the great I am. And God is not the God of the dead, but the living. Even though Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are all dead when he said that verse, he speaks out, I'm not the God of those who have died because death is not the end. I'm the God of the living. And I hope that you understand what that means to be the God. He's the God of the living. Because Paul says, for me to live is Christ. I have abundant life as a believer. I'm supposed to have abundant life. It means my life, even though there's hardships, Brother Donnie, and there's troubles and trials, and we all have them, I just find my identity in Christ. I find my identity in the heavenly hope that I have awaiting on me, that there's a reason and a purpose that God has left me here, and I can, I can whistle in the dark, amen. I can sing and, and talk about having songs in the night through the troubles and trials of my life with heaven on my mind, longing for the day I cross the finish line. There's going to come a day we're all going to appear for the judgment seat of Christ. And what I do in my body down here, what I do under the Lord down here, I'm going to be judged one day how I live my life as a believer when I get to heaven. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body, 
What are you doing in your body? You doing things in your body for the glory of God or is it all about your own flesh, your own desires? Our, our body should be submitted to his work. The works that we do in our body, the things we say, the places that we go, the work we do for the kingdom of God, whether it has been done for good or bad, it's gonna be standing there. All the works are gonna be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us this principle that which is eternal, that's been treasures laid up in heaven, that which was done for the kingdom of God while you lived on this earth, it will, it will survive the fire of the tribulation time. Not talking about the tribulation period, but the testing of your works. If it's wood and hay and stubble, it'll burn. But if it's gold and silver, precious things, eternal things, it will come forth as gold. It will survive the judgment and it will bring glory to the Lord. You know, you've got the tangible Bible, the ta heavenly tangible thing called the Bible. Some of you may have never even really read it much. This is the only tangible thing on this earth that you're going to deal with again and again and again when you get to heaven. You ought to read that book. You ought to read what God want, how he wants you to live your life. And you get those promises gleaned up within you that you're willing to live for him. If you're willing to die, if you're really willing to die for him, then you're really ready to live. There was a missionary that found out that he was sick and he wasn't going to have long to live. So he, he wasn't a missionary yet, but he surrendered or he was in the process of it. But I don't have some obscure storylines. So give me a second here. But when he found out the doctor told me he had about six months to live, he decided, Brother Donnie, to go to one of the most roughest places in the world a place where they were cannibals that ate people. He's only got six months to live. I ain't worried about getting eaten up by cannibals. What are they going to do to me? Oh, you cut my, my, my trip short. So he was willing to go. He got everything prepared. He went on that place. Going to go to that island and he faced them with boldness. He began to win souls and he found out later the doctor crossed up the information and he got the wrong medical diagnosis. But he lived without fear of death, hoping for heaven and he was better at living on this earth with that in mind, without that fear. I don't know much about the story after that if he went back to fear, fearing all the times. Lord, get me out of here. I don't want to see these people again. I can die. I'm supposed to live forever. I'm supposed to live longer. Boy, if we could get our mind on, Lord, you gave me this day. If you give me tomorrow, praise the Lord. If you do, praise the Lord. If you don't, but help me to be ready to go. So if I'm ready to die, I'll be more ready to live on this earth. It is far better for you and I to go on to heaven. It's not easy to say goodbye. But the hellos in heaven are going to be so worth it, so sweet. I don't know if you can imagine what that's going to be like when you say hello to that loved one one more time. For the last time, you'll never have to say goodbye again. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, you know, living down here in this life compared to eternity, this is just a moment. It's just a small moment of time compared to eternity. And Paul said, for our light affliction, of all the things he went to, I wouldn't call it light, but he compared it to the glory of heaven. He said, this is just light. This is just light affliction. And he said, it's what, but for a moment where it's far more exceeding eternal weight 
of glory. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If we didn't have the light afflictions, there would be nothing for God to work within us to be able to create and help us comprehend and understand an exceeding eternal weight of glory. Do you know how, how heavy glory is? Do you know the weight of glory? Listen, heaven outweighs all the light afflictions of this world. Till you and I comprehend that, it's probably gonna be hard for us to live here for sure. And we're not gonna be very good at it if our mind's always on getting out. But if we would be ready to go anytime and ready for him to call us home, but ready to occupy till he comes, we'll be able to live for him as Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live for Christ. That's what he wants. For me to die is gain. One song put it this way, I'm a winner either way. If I have that mindset. But it, it is going to be far better one day. Here's a poem on heaven. Heaven, the home of mansions fair. Here are some things that will not be there. No sin can enter the portals fair. The vile and unclean shall not be there. No sickness, no death, suffering or pain. No devil, no demons can entrance gain. No darkness, no night, woes of despair. No cares or heavy burdens to bear. No tears or night on the golden strand. No disappointment in that fair land. No fear of evil or peace to annoy. Nothing to hurt, mar or destroy. No heartache or grief. No, not a trace. We will ever be found in that holy place. Yet fairer than mortals here have known are the things God hath prepared for his own. Heaven, the place so wonderfully fair, here are some of the things that will be there. God's throne where the glorified prostrate fall. Jesus the Savior, fairest of all. Saints of all ages, lovers of God, all who have been washed in his blood. Loved ones and friends dear to the heart, We'll meet in that land nevermore to part. The river of life and the streets of gold. Oh, the beauties of heaven can never be told. Such music and singing on earth is not heard nor can be described by pen or by words. The tree of life with trees blooming fair, all manner of fruit will be found there. Perfect love and perfect rest, companionship with all the blessed. Everlasting joy, eternal life, yea, more than mortals have here known are the things God has prepared for his own. And church, we would not appreciate what's coming ahead if we did not have to live down here for a certain amount of time in this world. I believe heaven's gonna probably be more glorious, at least at the first initial contact, for those who have lived here the longest, those who have suffered the most in their bodies, those who have had the most losses, when they get to heaven, they're going to say, sweet heaven will fix it all. Heaven was worth the trip, amen. And they're going to give God glory and honor. And they're going to see their loved ones in Christ. And they'll have no more sickness and pain in their body. And they'll say it was worth every mile, worth every trial along life's way. It's a challenge for us, as Paul said, I'm between the two. I'm betwixt the two. We've got to find a way to balance that in our life. We can't do like some of these weird old cults and say, the Lord's coming back. I'm gonna sell every my possessions and get a white robe and just sit down on a park bench and wait for him to come. We're not supposed to live our lives like that. 
for us to live is Christ and then die is gain. And we need to live for him and give glory for him. Maybe there's one loved one in your family that's not saved. Grandchild, grand, great grandchild, somebody, a coworker, somebody you go to school with and you, you need to talk to them about the Lord and plant that seed of salvation in their life so they can have this hope. And if you don't do it while you live on this earth, they may never hear that gospel message. They may never know that truth and that hope that they have. Let's ask the Lord to help us to occupy till he comes. Be faithful till he calls us home so we might be able to say or be able more importantly to hear him say, well done. You can't do well done until I'm finished cooking down here. Amen. It can't be that until I'm finished with this and then he shall appear and I shall be like him. I long for heaven and it is far better than this place I know. But right now, I have the gift of life, the present time to live here. God's got a purpose. If I wake up tomorrow, he's got a plan for my, my life. Some of you are going to be facing surgery this week, facing funerals this week, probably things you don't want to face necessarily, but thankfully we do not walk alone. Thankfully we know that one day it'll be better on when we get to heaven, but until then, we lean upon his grace Hold on close to him, allow him to give us strength and let us be a light and a witness in this darkness of this world. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, as we think upon these heavenly things, Lord, we also need to be reminded that we're still here to live for you. Let our lives bring you glory and honor. Lord, let us point people to Christ in the way we live our lives people could see your work in our life, see your grace upon our life. Lord, they could be around us and just think about the spiritual things of God. They could see the change that you're working and what you've done when you saved us. And Lord, that they could be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ by our living here on this earth. Lord, help us, Lord, to appreciate what we have. And Lord, let us also long for the shores of heaven and find that beautiful balance, Lord, of being between the two. And knowing, Lord, in one day we get to depart for real, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.